Welcome everyone to the Virgo season 2021 episode. This is Andy. And this is Lisa. And Astrolush is, is back with our third season starting on uh, Virgo, Virgo, the sign, the season, the archetype, mm. the time of year. Yes. Interestingly, our last full episode was Virgo season. <laughs> Which is fairly, it's very telling about the power of Virgo season. It really is telling. It, it, it says a lot. It says a lot about us. It says a lot about Virgos. We're right here at the beginning of Virgo season, which is essentially back to school season. It's that time like your trapper keeper is in order. You got all of your matching folders from the local Kmart if you were like me growing up. Oh, absolutely. Everything was labeled and color coded and you had so I had yes. so much hope every first day of oh my school, god. every first season of school. Oh my god. The right? glittery trapper keepers. Oh. The different colored pens. Yes. The yes. stationary aisle was my church. Same. Big same. Worship at the stationary aisle number seven in CVS. Now, it's funny that you say that it was your church and your season because we're talking this Virgo episode about the saintliness of Virgo season, the saintliness that can come from the self, the yes. self as saint and saint as self. Um, so yeah, that, that, that first day of going to school and getting everything in order so that all of your tools are at the ready. It's a type of, it's a type of magic. It's a type of alchemy and of being in charge of like all of the elements in front of you. It's a careful devotion to your craft. It's almost like creating an altar for your life, whether you're in sixth grade or you are an adult who suddenly feels this sort of energy of Virgo season and decides, okay, I have to make a to-do list and actually do it, which is for me very much the case because I can be very chaotic in the way that I approach my work, but sometimes during Virgo season, it's like all is clarified before me and I have a path forward. Yeah. And it's hard to explain. And, and at the same time, you know, it's not hard to explain because we've seen so many times, time and time again, that the seasons of astrology kind of mimic the human condition and the way, in the ways that we approach things. The astrological year, the cosmic year, very much represents, I think, like the life cycle that we go through in a year. And right now we're at that, first of all, we're in an earth season again. We're coming out of fire and Leo and we're going into the earthiness of Virgo and earth we, we know is all about getting your hands dirty, mm. getting the work done. Yes. Um, I would say that each earth sign has different motivations for getting that work done. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. Like, what do you think about Capricorn? <laughs> I get that paper, get you know. Get that money. And, Taurus's, you know, role with work is like, bring me the pretty things that come from my money. Thank yeah. you. I'm done now. Let me go lay down inside. Yes. No, but no, just joking, Tauruses. But, but Virgo's work is, is, and I'll get into this deeper. This is not an, uh, I'm not saying this to be simple, but work is for the sake of work. Yes. And we'll, we'll explain a little bit more about what that means. But we're in the time of year where it's like, you work because that's the fucking thing you need to do. Like, it's a, it's a... Mm-hmm. Not sentimental in that way. It's sentimental in other ways, right. but not in that specific one. Right. Work is not struggle. No, it's, it's, it's you show up to something because you believe in it. Yeah. It's something that you put your heart into because ultimately that's how you define your life. Yeah. And Virgos are also, so they're the mutable energy. And we know that there's cardinal and then mutable, or excuse me, cardinal and then fixed and then mutable for each of the, the journeys of those of those energies throughout the signs and you know cardinal energies are beginners are the people that get things started they're the catalysts they have they bring the energy for the start of things our fixed signs have the energy to see things through to see things through to the end of them i always thought that virgo would be a fixed sign but it's not it's mutable um 
which means there's a gentility to the Virgo. Mm. It's I think I love that. the mutable signs are here to like usher us through transition as calmly as possible to to mm. accept the end of things and to make it as smooth and easy as it, it as it can be. Yeah. And in that way they have to be adaptable yeah. and that's part of the mutability of that energy. And I find it I find it very interesting that Virgo falls under that, but it is ruled by Mercury. Right. Right. Which is like literally the most adaptable <laughs> element. Yeah. And I mean, I think that like that's part of the whole maybe misinterpretation or stereotype that's associated with Virgo is that they can be, you know, all the things that would make us think that they're so inflexible and rigid and obsessed with the outcome. Whereas really they're like providing a service to make things better for all that's around them. Yeah. And I know I'm singing a very different tune (laughs) from last year. This is Lisa speaking and we will get to that, that segment on where the fuck I've been and why I've changed my tune on Virgo. So I suppose we should tell you a little bit about where we're going to take you in this episode. Just give you a general overview. Um, We want to just start off by saying hi and welcoming you back because it's been a minute since we've recorded an episode. We have a whole new website that we um, started in quarantine this past year called writingthecosmos.com. It's sort of a repository for all things astrological and poetic for Lisa and I. And um, that's kind of like the, it's been the focus of the past year because recording has not been so easy in quarantine and during COVID. And also for those of you who didn't hear our like a little mini episode earlier, uh, Lisa and I contracted COVID this past March and April together at the same time, because why wouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny, but it's, it's, I mean, so yeah, Andy and I, as we mentioned in our last episode, if you didn't listen to that mini episode, we both contracted COVID in late March and early April. We quarantined together to keep, you know, people safe in our lives and to kind of just uh, make things a little less lonely. Um, so we, we were struggling a little bit. Uh, Andy's pouring us some more wine. It's cheers. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. Uh, cheers to um, being here and returning to this joyful space, even though it was a rough ride to get here. Um, so... After, you know, we recovered from COVID, we had to take some time to recalibrate uh, where we would go, the kind of energy output we could have for these kinds of projects. Um, and Astro Lushes slash Writing the Cosmos was always in the back of our minds as something ultimately to be prioritized. It's just that we struggled with both our bodies and our minds and our communities, really. So um, being here is kind of like the end of that very very uh difficult journey absolutely um and it is telling of course that we arrive with this like enthusiasm for getting back into it during virgo season absolutely we haven't recorded a full episode since last virgo season because virgos get shit done we get shit done and sorry they 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 they, they. wow lisa you're now identifying tables have turned oh, absolutely not we're not going that far i know you're on your second glass of wine if you're messing up your own zodiac sign. wait 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 which which sign am what I? am i wait what am i i'm not scorpio they suck <laughs> they're the worst so other things in this episode that we'll we'll be talking about um the time of year and the the themes of the season that we always cover um a theme that we're going to be coming back to today is 
the self as saint and the saint as self and the devotional aspects of the Vestal Virgin that is Virgo. Mm. We're going to be talking a little bit about Lisa's journey, (laughs) the sign of Virgo, which if you've heard our earlier episodes, has a little bit of a contentious past. Yes. She hasn't been a fan in the past. (laughs) (laughs) To put it lightly. We're evilly cackling. Oh, God. Um, And we're going to touch a little bit upon ancestral astrology. And then, of course, we're going to hit you with our pop culture and fun stuff, too. So that's what you can expect from this episode. And you can find us um, at writingthecosmos.com. We have a landing page for the Astrolushes podcasts on there and just a lot of really good content. And we're also offering offering monthly workshops. So, yeah, we hope that uh, you enjoy this um, Astrolushes experience as it always has been. Um, we hope that you'll share widely because we're trying to connect with more of you now that we've all kind of gotten past the shadowy um, parts of the year that we've all struggled yeah. to survive. Yeah. Right now, when as we as we record this, the Delta variant is is raging across the globe, um, and so if you if you haven't been vaccinated. Like, don't even listen to this episode. Go Just out go and, and get, get vaccinated. vaccinated for the, please, we're begging you yes. as people who have caught it, as immunocompromised people who struggled with it, um, and who also got their vaccines right away with no problem. Just please, yeah. d- like, just be a good human, be a good neighbor. Yes. Uh, we could have died. <laughs> you know. And a, and a lot of people have, obviously. Many, 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 many people have. So there is an undertone of grief here, but we hope that this episode will give you a little pep in your step, provide a little bit of magic in the backdrop of all of that, um, and offer ways of reflecting so you can move forward through this very dark part of the year that's coming with a little more intention. So yeah, let's get into the saint as self. Yes, that was like the first thing that came to mind when I was thinking of the the Virgo archetype. So the Virgo word comes from virgin and it comes from the, you know, the, uh, the history of the Vestal Virgin, which were women who saved their bodies, um, and spent their lives in devotion and sacrifice to Christ and Mary. So that's a very Christian spin on it. I'm aware, but I think the overarching themes apply to everyone, no matter what religion you follow in that devotion is the ultimate work, isn't it? It is. I mean, devotion is, I think, the thing that keeps us going through tough times. And it doesn't have to be religious by any means. It doesn't. It's just a personal belief in something so worth fighting for that you devote your life to it or part of your life for it. And I think there's just there's such an easy corollary to make between people who show up and and light candles and pray all day and burn incense and, and... you know, um, offer, offer offerings, give offerings, um, to the saint that they're, uh, you know, devoted to. And it's like, that's everything from like a daily routine to like your self care routine to what you do to make money, like how you, how you, um, devote your time all day. Yeah. How you devote your energy. Exactly. Yeah. And the Virgo, the, the Virgin, the Vestal Virgin comes from a history of giving everything you have to give for the sake of something larger. It is completely service oriented and selfless. Right. 
so I think it's easy to draw the corollary between that and like the modern work ethic and why we call Virgos workaholics. I don't think it's that simple. Right, exactly. And that's sort of the, the thing that me and Andy have been thinking about a lot is combating these easy stereotypes, which are fun and conversational and totally yes. engaging. And yes. they have a place in this landscape for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, not just rushing to simplify the Virgo narrative as just this workaholic, they're super boring, they just want to get it done. Analytical, non-feeling. Yeah, right. And when we think of, like, a, a workaholic, we think of, like, you don't take care of yourself, you're not eating properly, you're not sleeping properly, you don't have time for the people in your life, because everything is work, work, work. And I just don't think that's fair. I think that's, um... It's easy. It's a really simple... It's an oversimplification of a trait that I think is actually the most beautiful about Virgo. Oh my God. And not just for the sun signs, I think like Virgo rising and Virgo moon really carry this a lot too. Um, So if you have a Virgo moon and you're wondering what that means, it's probably that you're in your emotional life, the way that you show love and the, it is to show care is to give service. Absolutely. And interestingly, we'll get to this later in this episode, but interestingly, we have a lot of Virgo listeners and I think it's this, it's a really good example of how they continuously return to this dialogue that we've been having and study and study and care. And it's this, like, even though I've been degrading them for the past year, (laughs) they return because they care in some way. And I think that matters a lot. And it it speaks a lot to the Virgos, a devotion. So we just kind of wanted to take a minute to talk about those stereotypes and to sway ourselves from the workaholic narrative to the sacrifice, the devotional, the self as saint. Um, it, it, it reflects in, um, you know, Virgo's body parts. So like every sign rules over like the cosmic body and it goes from top to bottom basically. So you start with Aries at the head and you end with Pisces at the feet and it's all meaningful. And <laughs> poor Virgo, blessed Virgo, <laughs> they're the bowels of the body. And <laughs> Like, but it keeps it moving. Yes. Like, what a role to play, you poor things. But at the same time, it's like you're detoxifying the body. You're purifying the body. The purity of the virgin. Like, that's yes. the entire like point of the, the archetype, you know? But, like, wow, what a body part to be. What a body part. Also, <laughs> because this is Astrolushes, and this was never meant to be the most professional, <laughs> perfectly polished <laughs> fucking podcast ever. <laughs> We are currently in a bedroom, locked in a bedroom, <laughs> with a cat who is losing his mind. Hank Williams. <laughs> Hank Williams, you hear your name. Where is it? Hank Enrique, what's his name? Oh, his, well, his, his cat name is Hank Williams, but when we're fighting with each other, it is Giuseppe Enrico, Hank Tallarico. <laughs> being a Giuseppe right now. And he's losing it while we're recording this episode. I think that any of our like listeners from the past have known that cats have interrupted almost yes. all of our episodes. In cats and wine. <laughs> Look, this is a lushy podcast. It is. Um, we're drinking at like three o'clock on a Friday afternoon, you guys. You gotta give us The a thing is, it's, of- pro- it's professional drinking. <laughs> the Virgos... We're business drunk. We're business drunk. <laughs> Virgos can get on board with that, right? Yeah, right? They're like, you're doing it for work? Fine. Fine. <laughs> this is our devotion. This is our... Sa- I sacrificed my sobriety for this. <laughs> In devotion of you. <laughs> Podcast God. Um, <laughs> um, I want to go back to the purity of Virgo and the purity of Virgin. 
that is not to say that the Virgo sign isn't deeply sexual. We should note that it is represented by one of the only like for like human forms. It's a it's a woman's body. It's like a a nude woman and her body. The, the the Virgo is not pure in the sense that like it won't sully itself with sex. It's actually extraordinarily affectionate, especially as an earth sign where it's like, I need to touch things to know them better. Um, it's just that uh, uh, sometimes the motivations for those sexual proclivities is still in service to others. Absolutely. Everything can be a sacred act yeah. to a Virgo. Absolutely. And this kind of leads a little bit into this strange... Um, uh, we called it earlier an astrology conspiracy theory um, yes. to do with yes. Scorpio slash Virgo. This this kind of... It, it We've done some research and there doesn't seem to be much evidence. And if there is, we haven't really come across or delved into it too deeply. But we've been reading a little bit here and there across the interwebs about the relationship between Scorpio and Virgo, how they were at one point... Um, almost the same sign and that's why their symbols are so very yeah, similar. Their glyphs are like almost until <clears throat> Libra. Just a little twist at the end. Just like, just a little boop. Mm-hmm. Little boop. Like boop is like, hey I'm Scorpio. Yeah. Boop, boop, well boop. you have that little devil tail. It's like, <laughs> oh we, we made we made this glyph better. Yeah, you made it stingier. <laughs> yeah. Just so you know. We're we're the Scorpios. And yeah. Um a- until Libra wedged its way in between it was con- well, according to some accounts the same sign. It was considered that the Libra came in between to create balance between the two. Exactly. Because the Virgin was so innocent and pure and the Scorpio was just this deeply sexual being. Exactly. There needed to be some way to split the two. But I do find a lot of similar energy between Virgos and Scorpios. There are people that I assume are Scorpios and they turn out to be Virgos. Tim Burton. Look at his movies. It's just... Wouldn't you think... I I feel like the birth certificate's wrong. (laughs) Show us the birth certificate. We're birthers for astrology. We're birthers for Tim Burton. (laughs) (laughs) Why? How? How, sir? It just, yeah, it doesn't, I don't, but you know what? Maybe the Scorpio-Virgo correlation is of worth. The only other person I mix up, the only other sign I get mixed up is that I'll assume a Scorpio and it's Capricorn, like Edgar Allan Poe. Oh my god, always. It's the satanic twist on things. Totally. But it's interesting though, that for Scorpio, I can often mix up Virgos and Capricorns as as them. Oh, There's so much overlap. There's so much overlap and it's it's hard to confess, but it's true. (laughs) And interestingly, we were recording this in Virgo season on a Scorpio moon. It's Friday the 13th. Yes. So, well, technically, it's not Virgo season as it's Friday the 13th, but we're filming. Oh, right. We're, we're, we're recording a little early. Right. Sorry. That's we, okay. We're recording it for Virgo season. So, yeah, you're right. It is, it sorry, is, guys. I just We did. were not supposed to let the you pass the fourth wall. <laughs> <laughs> but we just did. Oh, my God. Because we are planners. We are planners. It's Friday the 13th and Moon and Scorpio. We knew we wanted to record and we wanted to do a Virgo episode. Sorry, yeah. Leos. Yeah, sorry, Leos. Leos. No, VA, it's sorry, Leos. We just... Our Virgo hats are on. Yeah. Our yeah. Virgo hats are on yeah. big time. Exactly. We had the energy and the wherewithal to record, so we did, and that's what yeah. we chose. Don't hate us. No. I mean, look, we are doing the Virgo thing and um, tackling our responsibilities ahead of time for once. Now, I want to go back to your journey here yeah. with Virgo, right? So you used to have a problem with them, and, and we can get into after this about what happens, why it is that we have 
these like irks yeah. with certain signs and what that says about us, especially since we know that we have every single sign in every part of our chart. Like there, we, we all contain the entire zodiac, whether it's strong placements or weak placements. But what was it about Virgo that used to get to you? And what has changed in how you perceive that now? I, I want to hear this. Well, okay, first of all, the idea of like... <laughs> when it starts with, first of all. <laughs> no, 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 this is, this is actually not me. This is Lisa, by the way, if, you are, if you're wondering which one of us has the problem with Virgos. Um, it's me. I put my hand up gladly. <laughs> um, it feels like I'm on a Maury Povich show, but for astrology. Like, so tell me, why do you have a problem with Virgos? We, we brought a Virgo out to confront you. <gasps> Woo! Yeah. And the audience <laughs> loses it. Virgo, you don't know me. You don't know me. <laughs> oh my God, can we please do an astrology like Jerry Springer? Oh, and like, I'll quit my job. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's make this happen. Oh, the Sagittarian reveals are going to be worth it alone. Oh, I know. The juice, the goss, <laughs> the goodness. Um, yeah, so I think with me, me, me personally, I'm a Scorpio. Um, I have a Capricorn rising and a Cancer moon. And I do have quite a bit of Earth in my, in my chart, but I really don't have any Virgo placements at all, really worth speaking of. Um, and as a very, as I call myself, chaotic, evil sort of lady, um, Virgo's work ethic, their organization, their uh, discipline, their reliability is not a language I speak very fluently. I mm-hmm. struggle with those things. And for a Same. long time, I projected those insecurities of mine onto Virgo. So I'd be like, they're a bunch of nerds because right. they made me feel bad about myself. Um, but the reality is... You know, I think this this kind of creates an opportunity to say, hey, what is this about this specific sign that's triggering me? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What is this saying to me about something that's lacking in myself that yes. I am, you know, <laughs> hoping to, like, have in some way? And so over the past year, if you've been listening for a while, like, you'll know that I've had an issue with Virgos. And while I still pick on them on the internets, <laughs> especially on any Instagram post to do with Sanctuary World app, um, yeah, I totally see you guys. I think you're cool. I think you do a good job. I wish I was more like you. But yeah, you kind of bore me still. Like, I'm not going to completely concede. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm, wow. not, I'm not here to like... This was not what I was expecting from you. You were like, okay... <laughs> Yeah, I've but learned I, to love you with this with many caveats. But I got a call from the Scorpio Council, and they were like, <laughs> they were like, "Bitch, do not give them everything they want." And I was like, "Oh, sorry." Yeah. I mean, course. a Scorpio can't really concede, or they wouldn't be a Scorpio. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't do it. I'm incapable. It's 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 physically in, impossible. But yeah, I, yeah. See, I see you guys. I will say that, I, and this is not to read Lisa. <laughs> But, Read me. You know, when we when we have problems with other signs, it's often, you know, a reflection of aspects of ourselves that we are either ashamed of or want to be. Um, and, you know, with a, with a Virgo being so exacting uh, and so analytical and so able to divorce from emotion when the, when the time comes, um, from a water sign perspective, that's frustrating for us. It can be, yeah. You know, I don't have Earth in my anywhere in my chart. I know that we all have all the signs. I am, I'm aware of that. But I'm saying my placements. There aren't any Earth right. placements. Right. 
I definitely feel the pinch. My older brother, the engineer, the successful one of our family, like he has all the Virgo traits, like all the way the house down, just Virgo from top to bottom. He really is. I mean, that's just ev- that's enough evidence for me. <laughs> He's so good at things and what he does. Wow. But at the same time, you know, he he'll call me and be like, "I'm sick of thinking about work. What have you been doing that's cool? Like, who, where have you yeah. gone that's been fun? Right? Who are your friends that you're hanging out with that are showing you a good time? Like, he needs to like, yeah." you know, live vicariously through me and I need the stability of him. (laughs) It makes so much sense. And I do think that that's why that parallel between Scorpio and Virgo has been drawn. They do have some similarities in their rigid ideas of things at some points. This Scorpio can be very obsessive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're just a little bit more, well, we're water signs. So Mm -hmm. it's a little bit different, but all of the things that you just said are like elements of Scorpio. And maybe they're elements of everyone. And that's why when, like Andy just said, whenever we find that we don't particularly love a sign, you know, it's an opportunity for self-reflection. Yeah. yeah. My new sign that I hate is Leo. <laughs> so, I mean, as evidenced by the fact that we're in Leo season and we're recording a Virgo episode. <laughs> yeah, I was like, fuck it. Let's just skip it. <laughs> Those guys get enough attention. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, I mean, guys, you can look forward to a year of me hating on Leos. I feel like... I'm here for it. I mean, I I have a Venus and Leo. I love my Leo friends. I know you do. Um, Oh, my God. There's so many great Leos. Like, it's inarguably... Of course. However, that kind of makes them fun to make fun of. Totally. And I just... I cannot be my best self unless I have someone to hate. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's more Scorpio or Sicilian of you. (laughs) It's absolutely both. Speaking of Sicilian, mm-hmm. um, and and just the general bravado of Italian and Catholic, Catholic stuff, back to the saint yes. a self and self a saint. Yes. Are there any saints that you work with? This this is an interesting conversation topic because uh, I'm I don't know if you've listened to us before, but uh, I'm not a practicing anything. Lisa and I both were raised Catholic, but are not, uh, we're, we're what's called a lapsed Catholic. Deeply lapsed. As, like, as lapsed as lapsed can get, really. Uh, the only reason I even still call myself Catholic in any way, shape, or form is purely cultural. <clears throat> it's purely cultural, and it's also because I really love the trappings and vestiges of, like, Catholic ritual. Yes. And I do actually still work with the saints outside of the Christian theology which i know like sounds like it doesn't make sense but there's a lot of strega slash italian witchcraft there are several words for that term i use the term strega in my practice but that is not the the be all and end all terminology for italian but it's your terminology. witchcraft right that you can work with the saints as archetypes it's almost like working with the gods if you were like really into the greek pantheon or if you're wiccan and you you know uh you know sing to the holly bush and like the holly king every every December. It's something along those lines of like uh, God and goddess worship for me more than it is Catholic or Christian. That makes total sense to me. But I definitely work with Mary Magdalene and um, actually Mother Mary Um, and Mother Mary in several forms because there's Guadalupe. um, There there are several versions of Mary. I find that for my ritual, being able to name a female divinity is really important to me. Yeah. And the fact that with saints, you, you have specific offerings that you can give, and there are, like, scents and times of year. They have a saint day. They have patronages of, like, people that they, you know, help bless. 
Um, there's a deep comfort for me in saint work and saint magic, but I understand that that probably doesn't make sense to a lot of people who associate saints completely with Christianity. Totally. I think, I think that's where I get a little caught. I have been studying a lot of Italian folk magic lately, mm -hmm. and like Andy said, there's a lot of trappings of Catholicism that I still lean into, and Italian folk magic has a lot of that involved. And so I struggle a little bit with working with saints because I'm not particularly religious, and but I look at them as archetypes. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, I think it's really powerful and and kind of beautiful to look at like these people who have devoted themselves to something. And I think like you don't have to be particularly religious to find a sort of saint and their patronage to worship and bring into your practice. Mine is, I've been working with, this is really relevant to everyone, I think, um, St. Rosalia mm -hmm. of Palermo. In 1624, she was, like, highly revered during the plague that happened in Sicily um, at that time, and I guess through Europe. <coughs> um, and interestingly enough, Palermo as the city during COVID in 2020 called on her again. And to me, she's like a healer. She's someone who gave her life in service of healing and providing comfort to those who are sick. And mm -hmm. I, even though I don't view Rosalia as a specific, right. she was a specific person, yes. But like, I don't, I'm not praying to her. I'm sort of looking at her as an archetype. Absolutely. A representation of healing and, and tenderness in a time of despair. And so I turn to that. And it's interesting that like during <laughs> Virgo season, um, I've been returning to a little bit of St. Mark. Absolutely. It's this <clears throat> primal pull. I definitely, I love working with Magdalene. Um, I mean, like, the most maligned woman in, the, mm. in well, one of them in the Bible. Uh, she has become, like, the patron saint of uh, everyone from, like, hairdressers and perfumers, people who, like, put beauty into the world, to also sex workers of all types. And, um, you know, people who... Uh, people who believe too piously, like people whose religious fervor is too much and get made fun of for it. She's also a patron saint of that and of those people. And it, it, it what it ends up coming out for me is, is like, she's kind of the, a saint of people who are a little bit too passionate for their own good mm. to me. And in that way, like she has kind of um, like St. Jude is for the, you know, patron saint of lost souls. But I feel like Magdalene is very much a patron saint of like lost women and mm. people who feel let down by what society has given them to work with. And in that way, I feel like Magdalene is a really great feminist archetype to work with and part of the divine feminine and um, sort of like Lilith in terms of like the working with the scorned woman as as saint and as God and as... It's a reclamation. Absolutely it is. And so there's a power to that for me that is completely divorced from what it means to be a Christian. And that's what I think is the most powerful thing about belief and about practice and about devotion and about sacrifice, about spending your energy and your time on things, is that this might sound, I don't know, I don't know, like heresy in a way, but I, I firmly believe that we are able to create the belief system and the practice that speaks to us in the way that it speaks to us. I absolutely feel, I could not agree more, Lisa. You know, and like, there's so many people who are uh, purists about things and 
as much as I can see some value in that, I think it's so important for us to be able to say, I'm somewhere on the axis between agnostic, atheist, a folk magic practitioner, yes. and X, Y, and Z. Like Absolutely. You can be many things and multitudes at once with different beliefs that kind of reinvent things in the way that speaks to you. Beautifully said. And I that's Virgo, I think, it, in a way. It definitely yeah. is. It's... Um, like finding the path that that makes you feel the most devoted mm. it's also work as a sacred task um to de and it's also work to like uh deconstruct the things that don't speak to you the things that aren't exactly accurate in the way that you understand them and to and to reapply them into a context that fits your belief system absolutely absolutely without obviously like <clears throat> not appropriating and not like breaking things apart to the point that they're not recognizable anymore yeah i also want to say in the terms of like saint work there's a really great um uh self-published book or sort of um pamphlet it's a zine really um called saint craft the art of catholic folk magic by dakota saint Clair, who is a practicing strega from catland i don't know if they only rep like um only call themselves strega or if they believe in other practices but um their guide on saint craft it just kind of features a few different saints and like the magical associations for each of them so if it's something that you're interested in, in exploring more i i can't recommend that that guide enough yeah. it's really it's really nicely done you can get in touch uh at catland it's a it's a shop in brooklyn yes so i guess this leads me to asking you who are some of your favorite Virgos? Other than my brother. <laughs> Very fair. And that was, I was going to mention um, ancestral astrology. I think we'll get into that more as the year, uh, as the year changes. It's probably a re- really good portion to like a little segment on the Scorpio episode now that I'm thinking mm. about it. Um, I like to think of ancestral astrology in terms of how our family's signs repeat and the patterns of them throughout our genealogy. And I, I find it very interesting that my parents are both water signs. And they had me, the other water sign, and Bob, like, the Virgo. Yeah. And he is such, he's such the Virgo. He's, he's so interesting. Joined the Navy. He's an electrical engineer. He studied, studied nuclear physics for fun. He creates spreadsheets just to, like, play with the numbers and have fun with them. He's, he's so steady. He's so good. Um, he's so goofy. Uh, he's my favorite Virgo. But... That's personal. I also, I've got, you know, our friend Kelly, who usually listens to our episodes. Kelly is one of my favorite Virgos Hi, as Kelly. well. Uh, my friend Natra. There's so many good Virgos in my life. But pop cultural speaking. Yeah. Who's the queen Virgo? I mean, there's only one. There's only one. Beyonce. Miss Knowles Carter's <laughs> her damn self. Ms, not Miss. Beyonce to me represents everything Virgo and her Scorpio moon. Yes. See, it's a fantastic combination. The Virgo and Scorpio. It is a fantastic combination. I feel like you can take her lyrics and just, there's so much about earning your keep. There's so much about working as pride. There's so much about like, I can work harder than you any day of the week. Dare me. And because she's so deeply believes in what she does and it changes the world for the greater good like that what could be more virgo and we we were talking earlier about how we think lemonade both the album and the visual album are like the the most beautiful intersection of that virgo sun scorpio moon ever absolutely it's the depth and absolute 
utter devotion to that story and that emotion, that heart. Absolutely. I mean, we love it. We love it. It, it is transformational. It is like burning shit down to raise it back up. It is calling out every single way that of betrayal and the way that, you know, Jay-Z made her feel and, and highly her, detailed and her journey into coming back to healing from that. And like, she breaks it down into the stages of grief, which is both Virgo and Scorpio at the Absol- same time. <laughs> I know it's, an, it's incredible. And it, it that, that's that's probably our favorite. That's Virgo. our favorite. Now, I want to do a thing where I'm going to tell you three Virgo writers, and I want you to just be like, this is why they're all Virgos. Okay. Because they're the first three that came up when I Googled famous Virgo writers. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay. So. Oh, my God. Stephen King. Okay. Agatha Christie. And Leo Tolstoy. Now, wow. what is that? I have feelings about that. I mean, when I hear these three names, all I think is incredible work ethic. Um, long-lasting legacy, highly detailed writing. Like, when I think about Agatha Christie, the detail and the constantness of the output is just... Same with Stephen King. Also... Tolstoy, War and Peace. I mean, that Virgo the, wrote War and Peace. Are you fucking kidding me? You're like, me? yeah, of course a Virgo. Of course wrote. a Virgo did that. I look at that of book and I'm like, I feel that. tired looking at this book. I'm tired. Um, wow. That's that's something that I feel like is so obvious when it when it comes down to, you know the way that we look at writers and artists, we look at their work ethic, we look at the things that they've put out and created, how much time and effort and energy they put into it. Um, like, even though I'm not the hugest fan of Stephen King, um, I can absolutely look at that legacy as a writer and say, wow, look at all the work that you did. Um, other Virgos that we have loved and that we all probably love are... Um, Amy Winehouse, that's pretty incredible. Keanu Reeves, who probably isn't the best actor in the entire world, but is someone that we all kind of adore and love because we can rely on him for really interesting, ridiculous movies. Um, Tim Burton, Florence Welch. So these are people that, like, we've come to know in the Virgo uh, world and that we, I don't know, that I feel like our... First of all, Tim Burton. I know. So when I hear when I hear those authors' names, when I look at the list of famous Virgos, one of the first things that comes to mind for me is output. 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 I mean, first of all, Florence Welsh. Right. That's crazy to me because she seems like she would absolutely not be a Virgo, and it was totally shocking when I learned it. But that devotion yes. to her own healing and resurrection and, like... <clears throat> Eliminating all the ghosts inside of her through music. Yes. That song, very, Big God, which is, first of all, one of my favorite songs best and song. videos. Same same choreographer who did the choreography for um, Suspiria, the yeah, remake. It, um, um, oh, that guy. That uh, guy. He's incredible. Incredible. Look at the Big God video, everyone. It's going to change your world. And think of it in terms of a Virgo singing it. Yeah. You need a Big God to, like, to hold your love. It's It's so, like... Why do you need it to be this gigantic thing? Because Virgo believes in like the sacred smallness, like the sacred act of of devoting yourself to one saint, one person, one job, one family, one lover. Like they don't need things to be like these epic legacies like Capricorn. And I'm not insulting Capricorn. I fucking love them. Oh, we love Capricorn. I, I love just, Capricorn. Yes. The work <laughs> ethic 
of Taurus Virgo Capricorn is so different. And Florence Welch, if you told me she was an earth sign and guess which, I'd be like, she has to be a Virgo. I know. I know. And then we look at Tim Burton and we're like, I mean, you've got to be a Scorpio, buddy. Yeah, look at your work. But, look you know, you then again, there's that fucking intersection again. Maybe he has a Scorpio moon. I hope so. Right? I mean, he expresses himself. Maybe it's a Mercury in Scorpio. I have to believe it. He expresses it. as a Scorpio, but with the work ethic and output of a Virgo. I know. So God, interesting. God damn it. God damn it, you Virgos. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You've got us. Let's talk about now, um, for the last segment of this, let's talk about, like, our our association. So... When you look up things like the crystal for Virgo season, here's the thing. If you look at 40 different websites, you're Those going to get 40, 40 different yeah, pieces of information. Absolutely. Um, and so that what that says to us is it's, it's bullshit. It's, it's highly personal. individual. It's totally individualized. I agree. I've and, never been a fan of associations that are so strict and rigid mm-hmm. that they discount the human element. Absolutely. Which is what works for you. Yes. And so I love working with crystals, but I definitely use them as like what I assign their meaning to be. Right. And that's also how I do saint work. <laughs> so what kind of crystal would you use maybe for like a for like a spell during Virgo season? I would actually maybe do like a lapis lazuli. Love that. Which is to me like uh, connecting to the past, um, connecting to uh, like the, to me, well, first of all, all crystals are, I know, earthbound, but... There's something about lapis lazuli that feels like archaeology. It feels like holding on to something from the past um, that I think connects us to the present in, in just a real way. And like lapis lazuli just helps me creatively. It helps me kickstart creative endeavor. And that is work. Like the thought of creativity is not the thing. The work of creativity is the thing. Mm, that's and like a very good distinction. And I think lapis lazuli is like helping to make that work easier because it, it, it provides meaning for it in some way to me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. For me, I think I might use citrine. Citrine is my second. You know? Uh, yeah, second. In, a, in yeah. a very similar way to you, I feel like um, I feel like when I pull out a citrine on my desk, it's this symbol of, like, creative energy. Um, the ini- color. Initiative output. Yeah, the, the beautiful, bright, welcoming, like, hello, welcome to this work. Let's work together. Let's collaborate to do this thing. There's something sunny about it. And like the sun always makes me feel about like, uh, like illuminated. Absolutely. And illuminated in like the intellectual sense, not just like darkness versus light. Right. It feels like your, your brain is turned on around citrine. Totally. And I do think there's a certain lightness around Virgo mm-hmm. that they're goofy. They are. And they're present, mm-hmm. which is a lightness in itself. Um, and, and curious, and I, I, I think that curiosity is one of the most important aspects of presentness that you can have. Yeah. If you're if you're asking questions about the person in front of you, it's because you're present with them. And Virgos are like endlessly curious. Oh my god, they're actually some of the nicest people yeah. I've hung out with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a it's kindness. So true. There's a softness. So if, and it is a feminine sign. It's feminine energy. We should say that too. Each sign is either, I know masculine and feminine is its own weird binary, but we're talking in terms of uh, energy and not biology here. Yeah. Um, but I find it interesting that, you know, Virgo is a woman. That is interesting to me. I when mean, you think of work and we think of service, I think in modern terms that like workaholic, you usually picture a guy with like a crumpled tie, right. like three empty latte cups on his desk. But the Virgo work ethic is female. I mean, look at the sacrifice you have to make to carry a human into the world. Yeah. Yes. I'm not saying that all women uh, give birth or that 
people who give birth are all women. I'm just saying that there, that specific energy of sacrificing the body or at least the time or at least the space, the energy to rear a human yeah, does feel absolutely very Virgo. Yeah, it does. Um, so I can understand that. So if we were going to leave you all off with a few ideas, um, well, I guess... Let's let's leave them off with like a reflection or prompt or something that could help them through Virgo season. I when I think of Virgo season, I really think of like my daily rituals. I think of the the old proverb, how you do anything is how you do everything. Oh my god, that's beautiful. And so the act of when you wake waking up in the morning and drinking your coffee can become a ritual. It can become in service to something if you just stay present with it and find meaning in it. And when you can find meaning in in your tasks, your work becomes divorced from capitalism. And I just, to me, oh like God, falling on the floor emoji, like <laughs> incredible. And that to me is like the work of Virgo season that we should be tending to is the rituals that make us feel like we have purpose and meaning in things, and not just drudgery. Yes. I really, really, really do love that. Um, Falling on the floor emoji. I'm taking that away. I love that. (laughs) You know what's so funny? I feel like if we were just a little bit more um, drunk during this episode. We behaved ourselves today. We were really, really good. I'm sure I would have said something way more insulting at this point. Might be the soberest episode. I know. I would say something like, well, this Virgo season, be a fucking nerd. (laughs) But I... (laughs) Correct somebody's grammar. In public. Um, but I, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say You're that. You're feeling tender. Oh, no. I don't like that. Don't say that. I'm not tender. Oh, no. no she could I'm never. Tender. Scorpio could never. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I actually think, like, this Virgo season is a great time to pick something that you want to be utterly devoted to. Like, for example, I've been looking into this whole dark academia thing, the subcultural online. Yes. And whether you view it as kind of ridiculous or not, because obviously this this concept of dark academia has to do with, like, Ivy League uh, universities and study, you don't need that. You can go online and learn for free, devote yourself to something educational a topic something that you would like to learn more about be completely um invested in that's what dark academia is about so it's like i happen to pick a gothic literature course online i'm devoting my time to it Mm rereading a bunch of books taking a bunch of notes it's been a long time since i've read stuff like that so for me in virgo season it's just devoting my time to something i find absolutely interesting and giving it my all um, that's very Virgo. Yeah, it I, is. I feel like I'm 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 literally sitting at my desk, and you're devoting notes. time and yeah. work to studying ten something years you care about. after school. Absolutely. So I wanted. Yeah, I think that's a great idea for Virgo season. Now, there's one other thing that um, I would like to discuss before we end the show, which is that speaking of Virgo season, you have a baby coming out. <laughs> not a literal child, not thank a human one. God, thank God. So lame. Sorry. No, I would. I would not like a human one to come out you have a book baby you have another book baby and i'm so excited for this one please can you just can i just give you the platform and if you don't show off about it i will for you okay thank you um yes i have a book coming out on september 14th in the depth of virgo season called city witchery and it is a book of um, sacred rituals and practices and writing prompts so that you can get to know your city or cities you're traveling to and also a book of uh 
spells and rituals and accessible practices so that you can make magic in your home. If it's like a small home, a shared home, an apartment in a city, something like that. Um, I do actually weirdly feel like this book is very, very Virgo. City witchery is very much about like getting out there, understanding things, taking notes, noting your feelings, tapping into energies, and doing the work of getting to know a space. Um, I feel like more than ever this book is pretty Virgo, which is weird. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's a it's a truth, yeah. and I hope you know if you're interested in something like that, city witches are uh, city witchery is available pretty much everywhere. Uh, being a little bit drunk and promoting a book is actually weirdly not as easy as you think. Um, City Witchery by Lisa Marie Basile. B A S I L E, like Basil. City Witchery. City Witchery. It's uh, a book. Uh, it's, it's also like, this is her third nonfiction book. There's been many poetry books that Lisa's had before. I just have to like get really shallow for a second and say this book is so fucking cute. It's very pretty. It's so pretty. It's real pretty. Like, I just want to carry it on the subway and be like, look at me. I know. It's like half pink, half blue, a little bit of coral in the middle. And, you know, aesthetics are a thing. They matter. They do. So thanks. Thanks for that nice kindness, Andy. Of course. Um, if I didn't do it, you wouldn't do it for yourself. I know. <laughs> City Witchery, Lisa Marie Basile. Look it up. Pre-order it. It's coming out soon. Um, um, and before and and, yeah. and before you do all of that, if you do all of that, thank you so much. Visit our new website, writingthecosmos.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Please share this episode. Connect with us. Engage with us. We offer workshops every month. We offer one-on-ones, which are... Um, basically using your big three and your astrological chart to kind of help you map a road forward in your own creative process yes we're here for especially for writers that's just we know what happens to be our 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 field but it really can be applied to any creative endeavor so if you're interested in how to make your chart work for you creatively please come find us at writingthecosmos.com and let's like have a conversation about it but uh I can't believe we waited a year to do this because I missed it so much, Lisa. I can't believe it either, but it also feels like it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, getting professionally drunk, like, <laughs> is it's hard. It it's is. hard. It is. And we've already had such limited energy that, like, now that we've got a little bit of our energy back, we're like, yeah, let's drink a bottle and a half of wine to the face and record an episode. <laughs> it um, was time. Thank you guys for staying with us, for listening. Let us know what you think. We want your feedback. We want to know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear for next time. We are going to come back for Libra season. We're really going to try to get onto a regular schedule again because we have really we have all these topics we're extremely excited to talk about. So it's less about we need to do this thing and more that we're really excited. We're really to do excited, this thing. and we love hearing your feedback. If you're like, I don't agree with this, I do agree with this. We want to hear because that's what feeds us. Yeah, and get passionate with us. Yeah, argue. Yeah, I love it. All right, take it. Happy Virgo season, everybody. Um, go get that work done and try not to think of it as work and see how it feels then. Yes, exactly. Do Devo- what you love. Devote yourself something to something and now the alcohol just hit. Oh, there it is. There, there it is. is. There it is. From Lisa Scorpio and Andrew the Cancer, <laughs> your lushy, lushy water sign hosts. <laughs> Good night and Godspeed. <laughs> Bye, guys.